Well, good afternoon and thank you once again for joining me with Business, the Law and You. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program, we're going to be having a look at one of our Harvard Business Review tips. This particular one, Simple Steps to Give Difficult Feedback. It's important to give feedback. Sometimes it's a little bit challenging, isn't it? We're also going to have our Minute on Innovation with Christina. She's going to be looking at some innovations for solving the water problem. But right now we're going to have a chat with Kimberly Claire Campbell, who's a digital advisor at the Hunter Region Business Hub. We're going to be talking about planning your social media. Good afternoon, Kimberly. Good afternoon, Julian. So thank you for joining us again. And um, I suppose the first question I could ask, because uh, you know it's a challenge for a lot, of, a lot of us in business, why should I use social media in my business? So many people using social media now. Actually, 42% of the world's population use social media and a whopping 72% of Australians are using social media on a daily basis. So it really makes sense for us as business people to be using digital platforms to promote our business. And there's basically five easy steps to planning your social media. It certainly sounds like my target market will be on the uh, social media. What's the first step to using social media then? So with anything we do, we need to have a goal or a purpose for our marketing. It needs to be specific. So what exactly do you want to achieve from your marketing campaign? Does your content complement something that you're doing in the real world? Are you about creating brand awareness for your business? Or are you promoting something that's seasonal, for instance, we've got Christmas coming up and a lot of businesses are using social media to promote their Christmas offers. You also need to decide if you're going to pay to play on social media, which is paying for advertising and visibility, or if you're going to focus on creating that content that makes people stop scrolling and start engaging with what you're offering. Well, I suppose it's important to identify who you want to reach and how you want to reach them. Yes, so identifying your target audience is really important and then working out where they live online. So are you marketing to new customers and trying to get new people interested in your offers? Are you trying to connect to existing customers and just make them more aware of other things that you're offering in your business or perhaps re-engaging with lapsed customers? If you're targeting millennials, try using Instagram Gen X spend a lot of time on Facebook and baby boomers are now the most engaged with Facebook. Everybody's getting on there because that's where their family are. If your customers are other businesses, then LinkedIn is the best platform to use. And you can also dig a little deeper and find specific platforms that your users may be on. For instance, if you're targeting tourists, you need to be on Pinterest. Pinterest is the go-to holiday planning site and there's more travel pins on Pinterest than TripAdvisor has reviews and opinions, which is pretty amazing because there's a lot of views and opinions on TripAdvisor. One in two Pinterest users are planning to take a holiday in the next month, six months, and they use Pinterest boards to plan that holiday. So they work out where they're going, what accommodations they're going to go to, what um, events they're going to do, other activities and places that they're going to eat, all on Pinterest. So if you get into their uh, boards, you can get an idea of exactly what they're thinking of doing and how they're going to do it. Exactly. 
Yeah. So, so once I've decided which platform I'm going to use, I suppose the next question is, uh, what am I going to tell them? Yeah, and a lot of people get really stuck on that. And what I suggest is think about the frequently asked questions that you have in your business. When people ring up or send you an email or an inquiry, what are the common things that they're asking? Because that's fantastic and engaging content for your business. You can also do product comparisons if you're a product-based business. Sometimes there's fantastic industry news that we need our customers to know about. You can talk about that. Case studies or testimonials also make great content and you can actually use your testimonials as photo images because people stop and look at photos whereas they may not always read the words. Trivia about your industry or your business is always interesting and engaging. How-to guides, tips and tricks related to your products or your services to help your customers use those. And also you can address customer pain points and how your business helps your customers solve those. Yeah, I would imagine that's a very important one because most businesses are solving problems for people. I suppose Mm. one of the questions that I come up with though, how often should I be putting this content up? It depends on what you're doing with your business. So first of all, we suggest to our clients to do a social media audit. And the best way to do that is to look at what platforms that you're using. So are you on Instagram or uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Pinterest, etc.? And which ones are actually working for you? So where do you get the most engagement? Where do you get the most views? And which ones don't give you any return for the time that you're investing in them. Once you've done that, you can work out where you need to focus your attention for your next lot of engagement or your marketing campaign and keep a track of those analytics or those insights as you progress through. So you can work out which posts are doing really well and which ones aren't. So a lot of time businesses will post memes and they do get a lot of engagement, but it might not be the kind of engagement that your business needs. It can actually attract people that aren't ever going to do business with you. So it's really important to make sure that what you're posting is very relevant for the goal that you set for your business and your marketing. The aim is to get more content on your social media that builds engagement because that's what is rewarded. Platforms want you to keep their customers engaged and on that platform, not going off and doing other things. One way you can check your analytics is to use the free tool Google Analytics and you can set that up on your website and you can see where your traffic is coming from, whether it's organic traffic or it's being directed from a particular platform. Just for the sake of our listeners, uh, you mentioned memes. Could you just tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit what memes means? So they're usually um, funny quotes. They go around, um, you know, they'll have people drinking wine and um, related to Games of Thrones, that kind of thing. may not have anything to do with your business, um, but it gets engagement. But to have a really strong marketing campaign and strong engagement for your business, you need to be talking to the customers who want to do business with you mm-hmm. and not getting them distracted, even though humour is great. We need them to be engaging with us for what we do mm-hmm. and what we offer. Mm-hmm. 
And our final step would be? To develop a plan. So once you've decided on what you're going to post, you need to know what time of day your audience is engaged. And often that can show up in your analytics when you can find out when people are online and interacting with your posts. And how often are you going to post? Are you going to post every day at 11 o'clock? Are you going to post Monday to Friday? Are you only going to post three days a week? Then you need to decide which platforms you're going to use. So are you going to go through Instagram only? Are you going to do Instagram and Facebook? Are you going to just focus on LinkedIn? You need to have that all planned up because the more we plan, the easier it is to get it done and actually make it happen. And to remember that social media marketing is about being consistent. We want our visibility to increase and we want to be coming up in our potential customers and our customers' feeds as often as we possibly can to increase that visibility and awareness of our brand and hopefully our engagement as well. Great. Well, thanks very much for your time again this month. Um, You're welcome. And uh, we know that uh, you've got a government program there that uh, sponsors uh, some of this training. They can come to the Hub for more information. And we'll have yes, a chat I with can. you next month. Kimberly Claire Campbell, there were some great little tips for social media. Time to pop over and have a chat with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you today? I'm well, and you're back with us in Australia. I am indeed. We're going to look at uh, solving some of these water problems through innovation. Yeah, so the issues around water are becoming more and more critical. Mm. And, and, you know, Australia is heavily, I mean, New South Wales, Queensland, looks like South Australia now, we're heavily into bushfire danger, um, which actually uses a lot of water. Uh, But we're looking at at the long-term impacts um, of gaining fresh water. As we know, water is crucial for our survival. It's also crucial for young children to have clean water. If children haven't got clean water, um, high sickness rates, even death rates, their education is affected, you know, and this is this extends into Western countries, third world countries. It's a, it's a real issue. Um, desalination plants have been one proposal um, that we've been using. There's around 18,000 um, desalination plants that are operating around the world by the end of 2015 was the, was the figure I had. Um, it needs a lot of energy to actually create the desalination um, process and to get the desalinated water, which, as we know, uh, increases risk to climate because there's more emissions created. Uh, one interesting thing that I did find out was that um, the first desalination process was around 17, no, 1791 by Thomas Jefferson, and they had it on the back of ships wow. for crews to, to actually um, create fresh drinking water. Mm. Um but and and it's been you know it was first constructed around 1964. But things like uh, there's high salt in the water. We need to really consider what the second and third order consequences of desalination are. When we pump the water back into the ocean, it's at five percent salt. Normal seawater has three point five percent salt. There's also an increase in chlorine and copper. So we've really got to think so about the second the order. Yeah, that's right. So we may we may have a solution on one hand, but we're polluting the water on another. MIT have come up with another solution. They're, they're creating water vapour. or um, So what they're doing is they're starting with a powder, which attracts moisture, pulls the moisture out of the air, the vapour's released into a chamber and it's collected. Um, and some of the consequences, the second and third order consequences of that are quite positive. 
because water vapour apparently produces um, an increased risk to climate change. It, it's considered one of the emissions. So potentially we need to be leaning more towards that. But this is where the future of manufacturing, discovering, businesses should be considering um, ways that they can have social impact. And, and kind of water leading to fires leads me to NRMA Fire Blanket, which is an amazing um, invention. Uh, but it's also an example of how um, the NRMA are putting their marketing and advertising money into something that, um, that has social impact, social purpose, social benefit. And the way it works is that they've got sensors in remote bush areas where fires have been known to, to start the sensor goes off at the first indication of smoke. So instead of waiting until, you know, Australia's quite a barren land, instead of waiting until mm. we see the fire, learn about the fire um, in, in, in civilised and settled areas, the signal goes out earlier, people go and investigate, the fire doesn't get as much time to, A, get close to the houses and everything, but, B, um, it can be put out earlier. And we're looking at all these ways where mm. we can increase our social impact and do good with business. Manufacturing um, can also benefit because the manufacturing process, even though it's much smaller um, than, you know, manufacturing a train or a car, etc., um, the manufacturing processes, that are going to be required for these um, new inventions. That's where we need to be thinking. So we, it's great to uh, be putting our innovation towards uh, solving some of these quite drastic problems, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And yeah. in the process, we really do need to be considering what the first order, second order consequences are so that yeah. we don't end up polluting the planet more, you know, yeah. um, contributing to climate change, etc. Great. Well, we'll have another chat with you again next week. So have a great look, week. Look forward to it. See you then. Thank you. Bye-bye. Christina there with some, yeah, some innovations that we need to look at. And as uh, we've already discussed, you invent one thing and uh, create other problems. So it uh, be interesting to keep following that through, won't it? Just time for our Harvard Business Review tip. This particular one is simple steps for giving difficult feedback. Not all leaders are comfortable giving employees feedback, especially when it's negative. The fear of hurting people's feelings and dealing with potential drama holds too many managers back. But people thrive on feedback, which is why giving it early and often is so important. The next time you need to give a difficult feedback conversation with an employee, use these guidelines. First of all, be direct but kind. Don't beat around the bush. Include specific examples of desired behaviours to help illustrate what you mean. Secondly, listen. This provides space in which both people feel respected. Thirdly, don't make it personal. Imagined sights and malice are toxic, but if you acknowledge the emotions being felt, you open a relief valve for the stress. Be present. Show up fully for the discussion and don't rush off once it's over. Follow up later so afterthoughts don't create imagined distance. And finally, inspire greatness. Be sure to communicate your aspirations for the person you're giving feedback to. So sometimes giving that feedback can be a challenge, can't it? Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. We've looked at planning our social media and some of those innovative things to solve the business, the uh, water 
challenges. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we're going to discuss some of the challenges of setting up a successful business with Kelly Puxty from One Community. We'll have a minute on innovation with Christina and some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for business, the law and you at the same time next week. Until then, have a exciting and prosperous week. And as Steve Jobs once said, if you keep your eye on the profit, you're going to skimp on the product. But if you focus on making really great products, then the profits will follow. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.